there and welcome to Thrive Church Podcast here in Puyallup, Washington. We're so glad you found us and hope you enjoy listening to this sermon of the week. A few weeks back, um, I shared a message about the purpose of the church, and I'm going to be jumping off that message a little bit today. But um, anyway, we talked... We talked about aligning our personal and our corporate mission with the mission of the church, the universal church. The some people would would call it the big C church, right? The the, the global body of Christ. Um, and if if we're not moving in the same direction as as Jesus is moving his church, we're moving in the wrong direction. I mean, it's pretty simple, right? You know, it's uh, just picture this: Jesus is the head of the church, and if uh, if any part of his body's not facing and moving the same direction, it's a messed up looking body. I mean, right? We can't even we can't even really do that without tripping or falling because it's it's natural for the body to be going where the head is pointed. Right, and that's what we want. That's what we, that's what we want to be after. But we don't determine that direction. Jesus is the head, and um, so uh, uh, that's just aligning with His mission. So our, as a church, our mission needs to be connected and aligned with, with, with the mission of the overall church. What God is doing. Um, if we boil the mission of the church down to maybe its most most ba- basic purpose. It would be it would be this. It'd be to extend the rule and dominion of the kingdom of God into every sphere. And, uh, Revelation says it like this: until the kingdoms of this world have become the kingdom of our Lord Jesus. Right? Uh, that's what the mission is. It's to extend the kingdom, to expand the kingdom, to in, to bring increase to the the kingdom of God. Uh, the um, Isaiah says there will be no end to the increase of his government and peace. How many understand God's government brings peace with it? And and this isn't just a promise. It's not just something that like we have to look uh, that's like way out in the future. Like, yeah, we really want that to happen, but we kind of imagine that it really will never happen. It's not just like one of those unfulfillable promises. This is actually God's intent. This is what he is doing. This is what he's after. Um, uh, It says that in the scripture, it says that the whole earth will be filled with the knowledge of his glory like the waters cover the sea. And one of the things that um, can happen for us uh, sometimes is we can imagine that that's something that's happening that's not really connected to us. But let me just make sure you get this. As his sons and daughters, that is happening through us. That's not happening uh, despite us. It's happening through the body of Christ. If if, if we're imagining that the kingdom of God is expanding in the earth uh, and and it's, it's, uh, it's just happening out of the spirit realm and it's not coming through us, then we don't really... see the picture that Jesus, uh, that that Jesus, the Apostle Paul, paints us uh, in uh, his letters about being the body of Christ. We are his body in the earth. And when he's moving forward, it's moving through us. So uh, we we are a part of that. 
The purpose of the church is to release the fullness of who he is into the earth, into every sphere, every realm, until all of earth looks like heaven. Until what we see here is what we see there. When we, when we, when we imagine, we gaze into heaven, that's what this earth ought to be looking like. So when we imagine, uh, obviously those are some, some things like this are really obvious to us because we've talked about them before, but there's no sickness in heaven. So there should be no sickness here on earth. God doesn't tolerate it in heaven. He doesn't, he doesn't say, well, that's just how things work sometimes. It's not, it's not what happens there. So we shouldn't allow it and we shouldn't tolerate it here. Um, but in every realm, it's, it's easier to talk about it in that one, perhaps. But when we look at the government of heaven, like how would it work? How does how do things in heaven look? And that's our that's our call to bring heaven to earth. I want to jump to a scripture here, Ephesians chapter four, probably some familiar verses, but I want to pull some things out of it that may not be quite as as familiar or not where the focus may typically lie. But Ephesians four eleven through sixteen. And it says, so Christ himself gave the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the pastors, and the teachers to equip his people for works of service so that the body of Christ may be built up until we all reach unity in the faith and in the knowledge of the Son of God and become mature, attaining to the whole measure of the fullness of Christ. Then we will no longer be infants, tossed back and forth by the waves and blown here and there by every wind of teaching and by the cunning and craftiness of people in their deceitful scheming. Instead, speaking the truth in love, we will grow to become in every respect the mature body of him who is the head, that is Christ. From him, the whole body, joined and held together by every supporting ligament, grows and builds itself up in love as each part does its work. <clears throat> Some powerful ideas in these verses. Our goal is, is to, to become mature sons of our Father until, uh, check this phrase out, until we attain to the whole measure of the fullness of Christ. That's like the mission. That's like... But, but here's, a, it is very big, but here's an important point. It's not an unattainable goal. That's not something that we will never accomplish. It's actually something that we are meant to attain. In fact, that word is in the verse. Until we attain to the fullness, the whole measure of the fullness of Christ. Maturity into the whole measure of the fullness of Christ is not a, a, a theological idea that's meant to stay out there in la-la land. That's actually something that's supposed to be appearing here in the earth in the body of Christ. In reality, in uh, verse, down in verse 15, it's, it has this phrase. Uh, From him, the whole body joined and held together by every supporting ligament, 
Oh, oops, that's the wrong verse. That's why it doesn't sound like what I'm trying to say. Uh, verse 15, like I said, <laughs> didn't read. It says, instead speaking the truth in love, here it is, we will grow to become in every respect the mature body of him who is the head, that is Christ. In every respect. That's God's intention. That's not just, that's not just some uh, way out there promise that we can't ever fulfill. That's actually what he's trying to release and birth in his church is that we become and we grow until we in every respect reflect him. We look like him in every way. That's, that's just powerful. One of the ideas that I want to touch on today is that um, we are each being, uh, being equipped for ministry. We're called, we're all called to influence. If I had a title for my message, that would be it. Called to influence. Um, here's, uh, here's where we get that. If we look at verse 16, which I already miss, what was that? <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Sometimes our bodies can't help but cry out, right? All right. <laughs> Verse 16 says, From him the whole body joined and held together by every supporting ligament grows and builds itself up in love. Now listen to this part. This is your part. As each part does its work. Each part. Uh, there's, uh, I know we've been, uh, we've been working to, uh, to really build a model that looks like this here and, and the, the body of Christ has been doing that, uh, throughout the world, but, uh, we're not, the kingdom doesn't move forward. It doesn't extend into, uh, to become the fullness of the, of the measure of Christ because there are a few, uh, really smart pastors that preach really good messages. It's just not how that works. Um, I'm thankful for those really smart pastors that preach really smart, amazing, powerful messages. They're, they're amazing. I listen to, to messages every week, um, and, and it stirs me. It, it makes, uh, it births something inside of me. It causes me to reach for the things that God has called me to do and to be. But um, uh, the goal isn't just for a few amazing men of God or women of God to rise up into their fullness because what this verse actually tells us is that the body of Christ is not able to be mature and represent the fullness, the measure of Christ that we're supposed to, to, to release in the earth unless every member does its part. Your part isn't to preach the message, at least not today. That's not your part. But you have a part. Your part may not be to be a pastor of a church. Uh, maybe it's not right now. That may happen in the future. But let me just tell you, it, just because that's not your part doesn't mean you don't have a part. Your part is essential. Your part is essential. And, and I think that if, if, we, if we imagine that the kingdom, uh, the, the kingdom fullness that God wants to see in the earth, the body of Christ, measuring to the fullness of Christ, if that looks like a bunch of churches having good programs, that is a, 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 that is a, a sad, absolutely insignificant piece of what God actually intends to do in the earth. That's a, that's a, a, a minuscule part of what it's going to look like. Are you following me? Yeah. We each are being equipped 
for ministry. We're called to influence. And that's what it means for us each to align our lives individually to the overall mission of the kingdom. The, the, the mission of the church is to extend, to expand. It is an advancing kingdom. It's meant to invade and overtake all kingdoms of this world. Every part, every member being positioned and prepared to release the kingdom into their realm of influence. We've talked about the seven mountains before. Uh, if, if you're not familiar with the seven mountains, let me just refresh your memory. Uh, these are seven spheres of influence, uh, and they're a way for us to categorize the realms that we're called to influence with kingdom realities. The ways and the nature of God himself being released into all seven of these spheres. Now, um, don't get hung up on the number. Uh, seven's a really good biblical number, but it's not really all that important in this discussion. But here, here are the seven mountains. The mountain of family, education, religion, business, government media and arts and entertainment now the reality is is that some who teach on the seven seven mountains uh, will categorize them slightly differently I know Bethel has their own little take on the seven mountains um, and I actually like their model a lot too I just this is the one that I'm familiar with so it's the one I remember but the point isn't how we categorize them the point is that the kingdom is supposed to infiltrate every realm of society every realm of our uh, of the earth um, and, and that's what we need to see is that the body of Christ, we're, we're intended to influence the whole earth. What it means is that every one of you has one or more of these areas, uh, categorize them how you want, break them down. You can sub subcompartmentalize them if you want. There's all sorts of breakdowns, uh, but you are meant to influence one or more of these areas. You're meant to be the kingdom voice to bring the kingdom ideas, to release the kingdom ways into these spheres. We're meant to influence. We're called to influence for our church to effectively accomplish our mission, which is to bring transformation to our city and our region and the world. We must help you see who you are, who you're called to influence, and see you activated into, into this role and into that ministry. It's not about building a big church. We're not, we're not after that. Uh, I believe that will happen, actually. I have a, a picture in my heart of what God's going to do through us, and I do believe it's big. But that's not what it's about. It's not about having a big building and having a great place where hundreds of people uh, can come. Thousands of people can come. It's, it's not about that. It's actually about uh, building big people, preparing uh, each and every one of us that comes in these doors to, to become uh, effective at influencing the realm they're, they're called to influence. Our mission is to be a launch pad. That's actually a prophetic word that was spoken over us actually a few years ago. Uh, David Dodd uh, came and ministered to us and he, he, he called, uh, called us uh, a launch pad. You are a launch pad. And, and we, are, we are launching uh, you. <laughs> We're launching those who come in into the city and the region and the world to effectively serve and influence these realms. 
that we're called to bring the kingdom into. Now, I had mentioned in my message a few weeks ago about the purpose of the church, that the purpose of the church is not to meet the needs of the people in the church. Um, that's actually not the purpose. Sometimes we get that backwards, and I want to just highlight that because it's really important that we see that that's actually not God's intention and purpose for the church. Now, uh, make sure it's clear here. I want you to have your needs met. I think that's really important, but it's not the most important thing in the mission of the church. Uh, actually, what I believe is this. I believe if we are accomplishing the primary mission of effectively equipping you to go into your sphere of influence and bring the kingdom into that realm, along the way, your needs will be met. You can't possibly be effective in, in, in releasing the full measure of Christ into your uh, realm of influence if your needs are not met. So that's going to happen. That's something that God built into the plan, but it's important for us to make sure that we keep our eyes on the first and, pro and, and foremost important idea, and that is that this thing we call the kingdom, this thing we call church is about him. It's not about us. <laughs> that's got to be as simple as it can come, right? It's not about us having our needs met. It's about him getting the glory that he deserves. And in order for that to happen, it's, it's us releasing his kingdom, his influence, his name, his resources, his ideas into these realms that we're called to serve and bless. Amen? And the most important thing for you to hear is that it's absolutely imperative that every single member is doing its part. This is not some message that I'm preaching to, to, to help you find a way to serve my mission in the church. I hope you're not hearing that at all. Like, if you haven't signed up to do this thing or that thing for the church, then somehow you're missing it. Let me, let me assure you that, that yeah, yes, there are needs that we have as a church that need to be met. And yes, we have things that we need some, some help, some volunteers with. But your mission is not about making sure this church does its thing. Your mission is to find out who you're called to. Who are you called to influence? And begin to let God prepare you and send you into that realm. And make sure that you're bringing the kingdom there. Right? Because we can, how many know you can show up there and not bring the kingdom there? That's, that's not necessarily an, an automatic. So as a church, we're not being successful unless you're being successful in what you're called to do. And I recognize that for a great many of you, that's not something that's happening inside these walls. Who you're called to, to be and, and who you're called to minister to and to serve, that's not, that's not right here. But we do have a responsibility and a call to make you ready for who it is that you are serving out there. One of the things that we like to, one of the things that I, I believe strongly about our church, about who we are, 
is that we're not, uh, we're not just pastoring the people that are here. We actually are called to pastor our city. We're actually called to pastor our region. And what that means is, is we need to be more aware of what's going on outside these walls than we are uh, sometimes about what, what's happening right inside of here. And I'm not just talking about listening to the news. Or, or buying a police scanner so you know what's, that's not what I'm talking about. But what I'm talking about is inside our hearts, having a, having a heart position that sees what's going on around us, um, that, 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 that's aware of people. I mean, it doesn't have, this does not have to be like big scale, like we have to launch a worldwide mission campaign. What, what I'm talking about is, are you aware of the people that you're around. It's so simple. Um, not too long ago, I was uh, I was with our team. We were having breakfast at a local restaurant here, and um, I just um, I had this inkling in my spirit that God wanted to touch our server. That, she, that He wanted to reach out to her and and let her know that she was loved. And I, I didn't I didn't get some astounding word of knowledge or I, you know, I didn't get some uh, specific prophetic thought. I mean, I just literally, I just wanted to bless her. And um, so I, I was kind of trying to figure out how to do that. And then every time that she came to our table, she was talking to the ladies. <laughs> and I was like, I can't get a word in edgewise. <laughs> Not saying anything about ladies. Not saying that. <laughs> but I, I, I honestly couldn't. I was just like, I was, I was like ready to interject and like, hey, is there, but I never got to. Um, and I don't think it was only because I was being timid because uh, there might have been like a little bit of a, a reservation in my spirit. Like, I don't know exactly how I'm going to do this. Or, but um, I've, been, I've been practicing at taking these kinds of risks for a while. So I wasn't super overwhelmed with that part. But at any rate, um, I waited until uh, we actually finished our meeting and, um, and Nikki had left and we had just finished talking with Helen. She, was, she had left and Angie and I were standing there and I see our server down the hallway um, and I'm like, I want to go talk to her. And so I, I let Angie go and she went home and I went and, and just talked to her. And as, as I walked up, it's no joke, as I walked up to her and was going to start just loving on her, um, I had this impression that she's the owner of this establishment. And I didn't know that. She didn't tell us that. So I asked her, um, are you the owner? And she says, uh, yes, I'm one of three owners here. I'm like, that's awesome. And, and I, you never, you ever know, like you get those moments and you're like, what's next, God? <laughs> you're waiting for the ticker tape to run and you're, you're not sure what next, what you're supposed to say next. And, and I just, I'm kind of just like, I wonder why God would show me that. <laughs> I, I didn't say that to her, but I was like just inside thinking like that. And, and I guess um, where I kind of landed was like, God cares about your business. 
He, he, he cares about it. And, and uh, he wants you to know that he is for you, that he wants to bless you. I, um, in, the, in the process somewhere, I told her I was a pastor of a local church and that I really love local businesses and, and wanted to encourage, encourage her. And then I had another one of those small inklings. And I said, do you have a niece that, um, that you're worried about, that, you, that is somehow there's a medical condition? And she said, no. <laughs> um, and this is exactly what she said and how she said it. She said, no, it's my aunt. <laughs> yeah. I didn't even catch that. I mean, I didn't even figure that out. Like, she's the niece. You're the niece. I didn't even catch that. But here's the reality is I got it wrong. I mean, I didn't have the right thing. I didn't say the exact right scenario. But she, like, turned it and, like, no, you, you actually have it right, but it's my aunt. I mean, it could have been just like, no, you got the word right, but it's not my aunt. It's my sister's nephew's uncle's cousin's sister. Right? I mean, but she was identifying with the fact that God was speaking through me to her about her circumstance. So she was helping me kind of feel it out. Like, you missed that part, but it's, my, it's actually my aunt. I didn't even catch the niece thing that it was actually, she's the niece. That's, a, uh, that's cool. Yeah. I, I wasn't as wrong as I thought I was, but just <laughs> got the order backwards or something. I don't know. But um, at any rate, um, I, I was able to just encourage her about her aunt. And, we, and I asked her if I could pray for her aunt and for her business. And, um, and, uh, it was, it was just a simple prayer. I mean, I wouldn't, there wasn't any, you know, explosions going off that there's no particular way we could, you know, check, you know, I didn't ask her to go check her checking account and see if the, God ballooned the business account. You know, I didn't ask her to do any of that. Um, I didn't, you know, didn't ask her to call her aunt or anything. I just was, God wants you to know that you're known, that he knows you, that, he's, that, he, that he cares about you, that he's after your heart, that he loves you. And he's, he's, he's working for your success. He's partnering with you in the things you're after. And um, when I was finished, she gave me a great big hug. And then we chatted for a little bit more. And before I left, she gave me another great big hug. And um, I, I, I don't know, but I don't think she's a hugger. I didn't, it didn't ever feel that way. And of course, I, n- I didn't even know her. So I, I don't, uh, that's not normal for women to do, like give lots of hugs to strange unknown men. But she felt known. She felt loved. She, uh, and, and, and you know what? I didn't do that. I wasn't able to do that because I'm a pastor. I was able to do that because I'm a son. We can put titles on it and say, well, that's because you're a prophet. You can prophesy. No, it's not. I mean, not saying that there's not such thing as a prophet and that they don't have the gift that works in them like that. I'm not saying that that's not reality. What I am saying is that anyone can do what I did. What it takes is being a son or daughter and being aware of the people that were around. I was, uh, when I was at Awaken the Planet, um, which is a couple Sundays ago now, 
big kind of stadium event. There was about thirteen to fifteen hundred people there. Um, and at one point, Pastor Nathan French, who was here last week, for those of you who don't remember or weren't here, and he gave us this amazing painting. Um, this painting's called The Bridge to Promise. And um, he gave us the painting and a prophetic word that goes along with it. Um, and it's painted, it's painted by uh, an artist down at Bethel Church in Redding, California. And um, I can't tell you how long I have wanted like a real painting. You know, they sell, most of the time, they, they actually sell like, what are they called? Prints, reproductions of the original, right? This has the real paint on it. And, and I was like, I'm like, I've really wanted one of those for a really long time. But um, always when I looked at it, I couldn't afford it. Or I didn't think, well, I don't know if I want to spend that. Uh, that's that's a lot of money or whatever. But I've, I've really wanted one. And um, I guess God saw that. And he also wanted to convey something to us as a church. Is that there's a promise that he's spoken over us. And we're almost there. That's sort of the gist of the word. I'm totally lost in my notes. Yes, I was at Awake. That's not in my notes either, but I was talking about Awaken the Planet. So, thank you. <laughs> Glad someone's paying attention because I'm lost. No, um, <laughs> that's okay. Um, okay, so I'm at Awaken the Planet, and at one point, Pastor Nathan called the pastors up front. Um, what he didn't mention is that at that particular time, I was out using the restroom. Um, it's one of my gifts that I bring to the body of Christ. <clears throat> Small bladder. But, so I'm out using the restroom. I come back in and I don't know what's going on. I'm kind of like, there's a bunch of people up front. And hey, look, I know a bunch of them. They're pastors. Uh, Pastor Tom Gordon was up there. There was several others that I recognized. But I didn't know, like, you know, what he had said. I don't know. He didn't repeat himself and so I'm like I'm sitting uh, I, I'm I, I kind of standing where I had my seat and and um, at this point everybody in the building is standing and, and we're looking at this group of people up front and um, through what he was sharing I, I did uh, figure out that these were the pastors that were there but they were there and I was back at my seat and I was thinking well you know I kind of missed the moment and I just it'll be it's probably it's no big deal I'll just uh, you know I'll get I'll get to experience whatever they're doing uh, whatever they're getting from here it'll be all right I'm a big believer in God can do it any way he wants so um, anyway I wasn't worried about it but I was kind of talking myself out of going up to join them um, and at that moment, um, uh, another pastor from our region, um, uh, Pastor Darren Stott from the Seattle Revival Center, um, he came in with a big entourage of people from his church. His, his wife was with him and uh, several others that I've never met, but I, I've, I, I know who he is. Um, and I'm thinking he's like, you know, he's a lot bigger name than most of the pastors of myself for sure um, and so I thought you know if he's like 
you know, sitting here in his seat while all the pastors are up there, then it's okay for me to stay here in my seat. And God's hearing all this conversation. And all of them, these aren't words that I'm saying. These are thoughts that are in my head. And God's hearing this uh, inside of me. And, and so, like, right at that moment, um, Pastor Darren figures out the pastors are all up front. And he, like, bolts like a lightning bolt to get himself up there. And I'm like, uh-oh, my excuse just went away. <laughs> you know? And uh, um, anyway, super, super funny, I think, but just how we, just how we are as humans. We're kind of like, oh, well, I'll just kind of, I, I, don't, I don't need to make myself important, which is really stupid, right? It's like if God's passing something out, I want to get in line, right? We need to do that. So anyway, he bolts up front and um, uh, and uh, then I kind of start sheepishly heading up to the front. Like, I guess I, guess I should. And I end up standing up there. And um, my point is not anything related to that. Nothing was, I don't, there wasn't like any impartation. Uh, there was honor from the people there, like for who the pastors were, which is really beautiful and wonderful. Um but then what happened is Nathan had all the rest of the people that were in the building that wanted prayer, that wanted God to do more in their life, that wanted um, to experience uh, the fire of God, I think is part of what he was saying. Um, he had them come and get prayer from the pastors who were all lined up front. And um, it was like a flood because there's like, there's like 45 or 50 of us and remember, there was like 1,300 people. And every single one, I think, I didn't count them all, but they all came flooding forward to the altar and to get prayer. And um, it was like um, I was waiting for someone to come to me, like, okay, do you want prayer from me? Then you'll come and you'll seek me out. But well, it really wasn't like that. It couldn't be because it was like a sea of people suddenly surrounded us. And we're like... I guess you're here for prayer. So whoever's in front of me, I'm going to start praying for you. And um, so, because you know how it feels. I don't know if you're familiar with that kind of environment, but everyone's pressing towards the middle, right? They're trying to get to the front center middle. And so it doesn't look, I was on the end because I was one of the last ones up there. Um, and it didn't look like they were coming to see me. <laughs> it looked like they were trying to find a way to fit around everybody else and get closer to the middle. But at one point it was like, they're here. <laughs> it's time to pray for people. And, and so I just began to pray for them. And I realized, so God really put it on my, put it into my spirit that, that, um, that what we carry as individuals is what people need. Like, I don't, I mean, I'm not Sean Bowles. I don't. I mean, I don't get prophetic words that that detail your your address and your sister and brother's birthday. You know, I don't, I don't get that stuff. But when when God puts me in front of you to pray for you, I have exactly what I need. Not because of who I am, but it's because of who's in me. And you guys are the same way. It's not just me. I'm talking about. I'm talking about us. We carry what the people around us need. And it's not your personality. It's not your, your beautiful smile, though most of you, all of you have one. I wasn't not thinking of anyone that doesn't. It's like, <laughs> I get myself in way more trouble by what I say sometimes. <laughs> That's not what it's from. 
It's from who dwells on the inside. He has what they need. But he isn't jumping into the middle of the group by himself to meet their need. Like, here comes Jesus. No, it's here comes Jesus as we release it through us. He uses us. And, I, and it was really, really cool. Um, I started getting words of knowledge for people. I started um, praying prophetic prayers over them. And I, I didn't know any of these people. I had no idea. And there were some things I could, I could just tell. As soon as I said it, they'd laugh. They'd kind of laugh like, ha, ha, ha. how'd you know that? I'm like, I didn't know that. I just know that he knows you. He knows everything about you. And so it, it wasn't about me, like, uh, even practicing the prophetic stuff. It's not like me even trying to stir up a word of knowledge. What it was is, like, I was becoming aware that there were people around me, and they were there to receive him, more of him. And all I was was a vessel. Like, I'll just, you know, I don't, I don't consider myself anything special, but I know he's in me, and I'll just give away what he gives me. And I, uh, I was able to, to pray for, I don't know, five, seven, ten, I'm not sure how many it was, but it was really a powerful moment. And when you, when you kind of get in those circumstances, I came away from that feeling like I could do this with anyone, right? I could, like, I could sit down with anyone, uh, and it could be, it could be in, a setting like that where like that the ministry is sort of the intention that's like that's what we're doing or it could be in a restaurant in the hallway (laughs) I mean it can be anywhere and you can bring Jesus and you can release him over the people that you see The, the the real the real key is for you to know who you are and for you to know who he is and that he's in you, right? When the father looks at you, he doesn't see your failures. He doesn't, this is really important for us to get this because we go through seasons of like, you know, we're victorious. Then we like, we wrestle with things in our lives again. You know, maybe it's, maybe it's in areas of hope or encouragement. We're like, like, I'm really encouraged today, but tomorrow, you know, maybe we're not. You know, we kind of go through these, these seasons. Uh, maybe it's in areas of, of, of sin. Like, you know, I'm overcoming. I'm not, I'm not struggling with anything. But then, shoot, I made a mistake. I fail. How many understand that in the moments of our failure, he actually doesn't see our failure? He doesn't like look at us and like, oh, you're failing today, aren't you? It's not even what he sees. What he sees is he sees his son. He sees the one who's been given authority over all things, dominion over every earthly kingdom, and he sees it where? In you. He sees you treading on the enemy's head, defeating every ruler in every realm where you're sent. Wherever the soles of your feet tread, taking ground for the kingdom. That's what he sees. He sees the ones that he's been preparing to release the kingdom into every sphere and every realm. Into government, into business, into arts and entertainment, into all those spheres that we mentioned. 
That's what he sees. So our mission, maturing more and more into the fullness, the measure of the fullness of Christ. And here's what I want to leave you with today. It's this, this idea. Like I mentioned, just because um, you arrive into an environment doesn't necessarily mean that you're releasing the kingdom there. But here's how we get to do that. Um, we become what we behold. Did you catch that? We become what we behold. We're, we're maturing into the fullness, the full measure of Christ. We're growing into maturity, becoming not individually, but corporately the, the full expression of Jesus in the earth. We become what we behold. Second Corinthians 3 verse 18 says it like this, but we all with unveiled face beholding as in a mirror the glory of the Lord are being transformed into the same image from glory to glory, just as by the spirit of the Lord. Interesting, even how it phrases that scripture. I've always, I've always uh, loved how it puts that together. We all, with unveiled face, beholding, it says, beholding the glory of the Lord. But it has a little bit of a phrase just before that. That's kind of important. Where do we behold the glory of the Lord? It says, as in a mirror. And I, I think that's really cool because uh, when, when, when you can answer this, when you look in the mirror, who do you see? You see yourself, right? <laughs> Sometimes you can look behind you like, or maybe you're standing side by side and you see others in the mirror. And, but I think the picture here is that you're looking into the mirror you're looking at yourself, but you're not just seeing you, you're seeing the glory of the Lord. And as we do that, we're being transformed into that image. What, if, what, what, what would happen if uh, we got up every day and when we looked in the mirror, we're like, there's God's man, or there's the daughter of God right there. I see her. What would happen in us if that is actually what we believed about ourselves? I mean, I make it, I, I say that almost like it's unbelievable to have that thought, to actually live from that place. The reality is that's what we're called to live from. That's actually what we're supposed to be doing, is reveal, re, uh, being aware that he's in us and he's on us and he's moving through us, that we are his sons and daughters releasing his kingdom in the earth. 1 John 3, verses 1 and 2 says it um, also talks about that uh, we uh, become what we behold. Same, same idea. This is verses 1 and 2 of 1 John chapter 3. See how very much our Father loves us, for he calls us children. And that is what we are. But the people who belong to this world don't recognize that we are God's children because they don't know him. Dear friends, we are already God's children, but he has not yet shown us what we will be like when Christ appears. But we do know that we will be like him 
for we will see him as he really is. Now, there's some, there's some phrases in that verse that I think throw us off. They, they're like, he's not yet shown us what we will be like when Christ appears. So all of a sudden, we're like catapulted into the future. Like, when Christ appears, who knows when that will be? But when that does happen, someday, probably long after I'm dead and gone, uh, when that happens, we will be like him, for we will see him as he really is. What that does is that pulls all of, uh, all of the momentum of the moment off. It's like, well, I don't have to worry about that now, because that's, that's, that's for the future. Um, but let me just, I just want to like give you a different picture of that. That word that appears there is actually the word manifest. It's like when he manifests. When he comes on the scene. When he walks in the room. So we're not, what if we weren't talking about like some second coming way out in the future maybe thing, but what if we were talking about when we encounter him? Like when he shows up in our life, we see who he is. We, see, we may not see the fullness, but we see aspects of who he is. And as we see that, what happens? We become like him. So here's, here's just my thought that I'm going to throw and then I'm going to finish here. But the thought is this, the soil of intimacy. I've mentioned that, that there are three soils that we need to plant our hearts in in order for us to really bear amazing fruit. Intimacy, serving, and community. Intimacy, the soil of intimacy is that opportunity for us to be one-on-one with him, face-to-face with Jesus. Yeah. One of the things I learned about the, the, Greek, the Greek language is that there's no word in the Greek for his presence. There, there's no specific word that, would, that you would say, like, we're in God's presence. They use the word that is his face. So when we gaze on his face, it's like we're with him, in other words, right? We're, uh, and the scriptures that I just read are like, when we, when we behold him, we will be like him. We're being transformed into that image by gazing on his face. The soil of intimacy is so important. Uh, we must be planted in that soil of intimacy, that those, a lifestyle of, of gazing into his face, seeking and pressing into encounters and connection with his presence and with the face of God. Because as we do that, we become like him. And as we become like him, mature into the fullness, the, the, the measure of the fullness of Christ, we're accomplishing our purpose. So here, here's where I want to land there. I mean, intimacy, that's something to go after. If that's not something, if you don't feel like, hey, I'm really close to God right now, um, all it takes is like being aware of him. Like, okay, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to press into some time with Jesus. Like, uh, it's not about how I do it even. There's lots of different tools to do that. You can get in the word. You can turn some worship music on. You can... Um, 
spend some time praying, whatever that looks like for you. Uh, do all of those. <laughs> do all of those things are good. The, the point is that we're after connection with his presence. We can, we can read the Bible and not experience his presence. We can sing a worship song and not experience his presence. We can pray and not experience his presence. The goal is his presence. The goal is encounter with him. We want to gaze on his face. Be that in that face-to-face place. So go after that. Stir that up. I encourage you to do that.